Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Coming to you live from room 1406. At the Westin Hotel in Chicago. With a spinning, with a spinning, whatever what the hell was that big spinning bowl that we just saw? Oversized walk. <laughs> Oversized, that was a walk. I apologize in advance that this episode is going to be a little bit off kilter. Uh, because I'm sitting here with my good friend, Dr. Rich Rosenblatt. And we have an audience of one, Hutan Shahidi, Woo! just listening to us. And we have been on an adventure already. <laughs> from one room to the other, to the bar to the back to this room, and I wanted to take the opportunity while I was here in Chicago uh, to talk to Rich and uh, see what's going on in his life. Rich, what's up? Nothing, T. How you been, man? I feel like it's been a while since we got to see each other. It has been a while. I, I haven't um, looked down lately, so I haven't seen you. <laughs> I'm not missing you. I definitely don't have to see you, right? Well, Good you know, part of the problem is my belly's gotten a little bit bigger, so I can't quite <laughs> see past it anymore. It's like you're private. <laughs> God, I miss you. <laughs> so, so Rich is a, um, a well-known speaker, uh, does a lot of work with CEREC and CADCAM and digital dentistry. He's a father of two, three. Plus one. Plus one kids <laughs> and uh, apparently is a husband as well. Uh, but that is questionable how often you're a husband. Listen, I always say I lecture. Well, at least three times you were a husband. Yeah, I guess. I mean, well, three times I was a father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I always say the the I do travel a lot for what I do, but I think it's the only way my wife can tolerate me is uh, is by me being on the road a bunch. So it uh, yeah. keeps keeps things happy at home. So, what did you think about the old people coming into fourteen oh six asking where the alcohol was? Yeah, I was surprised we didn't have any when, they, you know, you can't throw a party in 1406 and not have booze in there, right? I'm just saying, especially when you own a vodka company. Yeah, legit question. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. So, Rich, tell me, what's new? What have you been up to? What's going on? Tell me about dental life. What's going on? So, dental life. My life's been a little bit crazy lately. Uh, I purchased a practice in March of this year. and uh, so Let's clarify that. You, didn't, you, you purchased a practice to merge. Yeah, I purchased, I, I purchased basically the patient charts. Okay. It was a very unfortunate situation where the gentleman... Unfortunate that they ended up with you? 
well, that too. I didn't even think about that point, but yeah, probably a little bit of that too. Uh, no, the gentleman whose practice it was um, was diagnosed with with terminal cancer, and in, in literally in about three weeks passed. So it was very sad, and he was a great guy. I didn't know him personally, but a lot of my colleagues in the town were very close with him, and super well respected guy, and um, just an all around good person from what I heard. So um, it was it was uh, it was very sad, but it's made my life. Very busy in the last six months or so, five the last Well, five so months. talk to us. So one of the things that I've heard about a great way to uh, to build practices mm-hmm. is by merging another practice into your practice. So talk to us about the um, decision process to do that. Have you ever done it? Have you ever bought like bought a practice and merged it into yours? Have you done anything basically generic? Not generic. Um, I don't want to say generic, but no, organically. Done, no, no. I, I've always just built my practice. Built, yeah. So, and that's, I bought My in. personality is a conducive to building practices, not uh, buying them and bringing them in. We should try it. It's, uh, it's a pretty interesting uh, way to... Can you imagine anybody selling me something? Number one, can you imagine me paying for something? I would love to be a fly on the wall <laughs> in that negotiation. Oh, my God. Beta, I... <laughs> I, I give you eight dollars for that practice. <laughs> He's, well, he wants a million. You want to give him twelve? Yeah, twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Can we meet in the middle somewhere? Like thirty-two dollars? No, it, it yeah, doesn't no, exist. That would be bad. I agree. So um, no, I, I I bought this practice in a in a small town north of Chicago, about 25, 28 miles, and it's a it's a town that has no land to build, so it's right against Lake Michigan. And so for the last nine years after I bought this practice, I've been trying desperately to, to build this practice. And, and you and I have had so many conversations over the years at the beginning when I was really struggling trying to figure out how to, how to gain new patients. And we, yeah, I was kind of weighing the pros and cons of joining PPOs insurance. versus not joining P- and insurance. And you were a big part of that, of making me kind of try to think more like a business person where you're like, well. But you are Jewish, so why do you not think I'm like the, the black sheep of the Jews. So okay. that, yeah, it's, um, I, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning as I as I go along to finally try to be a business person, but it was you know that business is definitely not my strong suit at, at all. And so when uh, you so you would talk to me about you know listen, do, would you rather have open chair time and not make any money or join some PPOs and get some patients in and see right. what happens? And it really did sort of help stabilize my practice some, but it did it wasn't a growth boon to my practice either. I mean, it was, there was new people to the practice, so it helped and it kind of kept me afloat, but, um, I needed more. And it's in my town, there's just no way to, we were averaging when I bought the practice, like two new patients a month. I remember I spent $16,000 the first full month that I was in my practice to do like direct mail, all kinds of things, uh, advertising in newspapers, everything under the sun. And, um, and we had we got fifteen patients. It was seventeen thousand dollars. I got fifteen new patients from seventeen thousand dollars. And I was it was the end of July, and I was just devastated. And my front office uh, uh, person Yolanda comes in and she goes, "Did you see how many new patients we had this month?" And I'm like ready to cry. I said, "Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it. We had fifteen new patients." She goes, "I know, unbelievable. We haven't had that many new patients in a year." And I, <laughs> I, I mean, and it was like the air coming out of the balloon. It was like sitting on a whoopee cushion. It's like, I mean, like I just. And you're like, "What did you buy?" I, I, I thought it was dead. I mean, all I saw was me going bankrupt in six months. So it was a very scary thing, and because I didn't know how to market, I didn't know how. And advertising, and we're in a very affluent. I'm in a very affluent town, so trying to figure out how to make that work by advertising in a way that would resonate in that area was not easy to do for me. So, um, so it just, it was a long, I mean, when I bought the practice, there was about 750 patients or so in the practice, maybe 800, not even close to 800, a little less. 
and I built it um, till March. We had 1,484 patients How in the practice. How many years? Nine and a half years. It so took me to double. So in 10 years, you grow 700 patients. I basically so almost doubled. 70 patients a year. Divide that by 12. So that's literally, that's like, God, like four patients, five patients and, a month. And most of that growth happened probably in the last three or four years. Okay. So, so I mean, we really, it took a long time to go from, you know, two patients, three patients a month until then my name got out there and it started to get a little bit of a trust factor. And, you know, um, the CEREC, the CEREC really helped my practice a lot because the, the economy died right when, when I bought, I bought my practice in 07 and the economy crashed in 08. And we have so many. Do you treat a lot of short people in your practice? We just call them people in my practice. So, you know, I don't call them short. It's, uh, they just they don't look short to me. <laughs> wait, wait! I don't think anybody looks. It's short actually to you. a pediatric practice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just thought they were tall. I just thought they were regular sized people. They're actually kids that I see. So, um, no, honestly, it was uh, that that helped a bunch, but it still wasn't the growth that I that you know the exponential growth that I was hoping for. And then all of a sudden, I bought this practice in March of this year. Do you and, think you paid too much for your initial practice? Yes, I didn't know anything about due diligence. I didn't know how to look at a practice and know if I was getting like how to see how many really new patients we were having, and just was something that I was. It was in my town. It was in an affluent area. I just figured. The gentleman who did it was a very good dentist um, and a good guy. And he, but you know, it's when you sell a practice, you you have an idea of what you want to get for it. And I just didn't know what you should be paying for it. And I didn't have a ton of money when I was looking to buy a practice. And so I just figured, I'll just figure it out. You know, I thought I could figure out the numbers with an accountant and it didn't go the way I expected it to. I mean, it was really a long journey for me the last nine years. And so when when this thing happened with the new practice, I mean, like gangbusters. It was it was amazing the difference. Well, it was like steroids. It was shot in the arm. It right? was yeah. It was it was drinking water. I would say it was like drinking water through a fire hose. I mean, it was really that. And I have a small I have four. That ops. means you're drowning then. No, just drinking. Just a lot of water coming at me. You do understand English is my second language. Okay. So I don't know what you're talking about. So just a lot of water, a lot of, it was overwhelming at the beginning. I wasn't drowning, but it was very overwhelming going from uh, 22 new patients in January to a hundred, you know, when I say new patients, new patients that I've seen, fa- you know, face to face from the practice that I bought in the month of, of month of so March. Me, I want to go back for a second. Sure. Okay. So you bought a practice seven, eight years ago, however long ten, ago, okay, nine ten and years half, ago. Yeah. Well, well, the numbers are relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't, don't, don't mess up a good story with the truth. Okay. So, um, so how did you go from something that was averaging two patients a month to 20 patients? Um, it was a little combination of everything. Uh, it was PPOs. It was uh, now patients were referring people a fair amount. Um, and, you know, we were doing SEO. I was working with a company to kind of get my SEO up there. Um, you know, we, there's a, this company, Dentist Identity, helps me out with that personally. And they did my website and stuff. So uh, all those things, like little little things of everything. You know, maybe we'd get eight or nine PPO patients that month. We'd get five or six, you know, internal referrals that month. We'd get a couple people just looking for dentists in Lake Forest or whatever it was, looking for, you know, I come up big in Seric and stuff like that or one okay. visit crowns. So all those things kind and of... you think people are searching for that? They, they do. It's, I just had two people in this week that I, I said, how'd you find me? And this person had come from um, Seattle or something. And she's like, uh, I want, I, I wanted Seric. 
I'm like, how did you know? I saw a commercial, but I started looking for it. So you really think people are searching for um, convenience and Sarah dentistry and things well, like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I do. I think a lot of people really search out things. They're they're becoming smarter, as far as I can tell from when I asked them, how did you find out about us? We had somebody call our office. They come from the, they were in the southern Illinois, like three hours away, and they're like, I researched you. You know, knows that I was affiliated with uh, the Spear and all that kind of stuff. And I want to. He had this crazy just saying. He all this, says, "I want to come over and get an MOD from you." No, I mean, he's like, "Oh, I don't mind." I said, "We're three hours away," and he's like, "I have all this old dental work with decay underneath a lot of stuff." And I travel three hours to see a periodontist, and I'm like, "There's a lot of stuff going that on." Might, that person might need to see a psychiatrist. So you know, I'm just saying that that, that people are looking stuff out. I didn't say that we, you know, that that it was that it came to fruition. I'm just saying that. No, no, I get. But you. this week there's been a lot of that and we always tend to ask where are you coming you know how'd you find out about us and, and what did you search out or something like that and i see more and more of that all the time i really do so i think it is important to patients i still think in network and we talk about it all the time is really important i get you know we get that all the time and are you still in network i am still in network I'm, at are this you point, happy with that unhappy with that um i'm sort of mixed with it in all honesty um sometimes it gets frustrating when you want to do something and you you know that from a time perspective, it's just not financially. Well, like even just what composites. Like doing fillings. Like doing composites, you know, it's just sit there and have them say, well, we're just going to downgrade it or pay next to nothing for it. And it's the hardest thing to do. I mean, it's so grueling and, and to get paid a hundred bucks for like an MOD. You know, and when you have short fingers like that, they don't quite yeah, reach these are a nubbins, second molar. Can like you even reach second molars? Yeah, try putting a band in between a second molar with a, with a you know, a Jimmy Dean here, you know, yeah. so... <laughs> So, I mean, but yeah, that's, I mean, I was going to ask you a question before as far as, um, you're still, how much percentage are you PPO in your practice? Oh, dude, hell, I don't know. I know that we're roughly 70% insurance, uh-huh. like 70% of our patients have insurance. I would say 50% are in network. 50% of that 70% or no, of, 50% of total your practice, of practice oh, is probably big, in network. It's a big number. It's a big number. It is. It's a big number. In so, my practice. I mean, we, what you, you gave me a, a a tip that that worked well for me when I was starting to decide when I started to decide what I wanted to do, which was, you know, I didn't want to join every plan. There was a couple of plans that we had where patients, I had a big percentage of my patients, like MetLife was a big one for my practice, where one of the um, the drug companies near us took it and or used it, and I said. I mean that's going to kill yeah. a big chunk that's of it. Kill your so you said run production. a pack, run run a, a thing to see what what ones you take the most of and start from the bottom and work your way up. Right. You know, so don't start with the ones you take the most of. Start with the ones you take the least of and try to get them. Yeah, because you don't what you don't want to do when you start taking insurance suddenly is you don't want to downgrade your existing practice. Right. Because they're already coming to you. Right. So why sit there and just give them the discount because you're a nice guy? If you want to give them a discount, just give them a discount. Right. So in fact, give them the discount without having to deal with the insurance nonsense. Exactly. So so that. Was was a, that was a great tip for you, and it really helped me a lot when you're when we we're talking before earlier before the microphones were on. You're like, what, what? You know, I was making a joke about you never doing anything good for right. me, but that was that was one good. You came point. up with one good. So thing. there was That's one. Awesome. So you did That's do that awesome. for me. I, so I do appreciate, appreciate that. that. So talk. To, so before we move into the tr- the merging of the practice. Mm-hmm. What else have you done over the last nine or ten years that you have found has grown your practice, grown your production, and grown your professional satisfaction? Um, I think a big thing for me was uh, three and a half years ago, four years ago this October, we did a uh, remodel in my practice. So um, even though the size of the practice, I I lease my space in a building with – there's three other um, suites and mine, and one of the landlords is a friend of mine who's an orthodontist, and he needed to actually expand his 
space. So we wanted to expand in where we have a common wall. It was going to take one of my ops. So I basically worked it out with them where they would go ahead and use my um, – they would re- reconfigure my, my internal space so I would still have four ops. And when I did that, I built, I built space for a cone beam and I bought cone beam and then you know started to try to do some implant stuff and just better diagnosis. And that was pretty awesome. I mean I really – I love that technology. Has that, has that been uh, – has cone beam been a good investment? I love, I love cone beam. It's just one of those ones – like I, I mean everybody knows I do so much Ceric stuff. So I'm a big junkie. It's, I just like tech. I like, I like intro-all cameras. I like digital x-rays. You know I, just, I hate intro-all cameras. I know. You like regular cameras. Yeah, I, you like, know, intro-all cameras suck. You know, I, I, I like mine. I do like my camera. I mean, I, I don't use it. I when I'm documenting cases, obviously I don't use a, an intro all camera. But just for the ease of being in a room real quick and just snapping pictures and just showing people quadrant dentistry and arches and stuff, it's it's nice and easy to use for me. So I just do it that way. But um, just but your standards aren't very high. No, I agree. You okay. know, so that's that's fine. I mean, I'm not. I've got to do some. Of those special crowns you're doing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, chrome steel crowns. <laughs> Whatever, they're nice, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, white out, paint them, try yeah, to match exactly. them to, to the adjacent teeth. But I do. I, I, but that one for me was one where I remember one of the doctors, a doctor called me to ask me about why do I like home beam. And, and yeah, the production was a big part of it because it made me comfortably want to do implants because I do all my implants guided. I don't do free-handed implants for me. I just find... I'm not saying that you can't do free-handed implants because people always want to yell at me. No, but you can. Of course course you can. can. I just find with my comfort level... I like doing them guided because I like knowing where I am at all times. I just like having – it's like driving with GPS. I just enjoy having that. And so um, – Do you have to sit on a booster chair when you drive? The, yeah, the one that I borrowed from the, when we were at the course that yes. we took at your place. Oh, I still – That was awesome. I still – that was really one of the funniest things you ever did So for those, the, for those of you that are listening and you think that I'm being totally mean to Rich, which is kind of true, uh, Rich is about five foot two. No, I'm not five two, you jerk. I'm five six with heels. Okay, so he's about five <laughs> four. Okay, and um, not that that's tall or short. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but so we make fun of Rich's height, just like he makes fun of my width. Okay, and, and I make fun of my height. Yeah, yeah, and he makes fun of himself. And um, so Rich was coming to our uh, our training center to take a uh, integration program, and um, and uh, so just because Rich and I have been great friends for a long time. So I, I went to my car and I took out my son's uh, booster seat. First of all, let me interrupt this story because you did something before that. As we were driving in, we had a bunch of people that were in the, the, the van bus. that knew me, you know, and a bunch of people who didn't that were just c- people coming in for your class. So I said, I warned them. I said, listen, when I go in there, these are the eight jokes that Tarun's been telling about me for the last 10 years that I've known him. It's the same six, eight short jokes. Well, why would I come up with anything new? No, why not? They, you know, you laugh at them. So, I mean, if you figure you'll laugh hard enough, people will just laugh by infection. It's <laughs> Pretty fine. Much. So, so I'm like, so here's what he's going to do. Bang, bang, give your standards. So I walk in, and what's the first thing? I see Erin with her camera videotaping me as I'm walking in. I'm like, why are we getting videotaped as we walk in? <laughs> and as you walk in through your lobby, and then your thing to go upstairs, there's that long vertical chalkboard. chalkboard and and everyone's looking and I don't I'm not paying any attention. I look over on the chalkboard. It says you must be this tall to enter this class. <laughs> and I'm like, oh it's my like god, it's like a roller coaster ride. It was unbelievable. <clears throat> it went, and the, I mean, we were dying. That was really funny. So what did I do to Aaron? I flipped her the bird into the camera to you because that was very obnoxious. And then I went upstairs. And of course, you lay out the seats and you're you have 12 seats or whatever up there. And so everyone has assigned seats. So you put me right front row, front and middle, okay? front and center. So you're like, go grab a seat. We're going to get the class started. So what do I do? I open up the seat. 
to pull back my chair to go sit in it, and you put your son's booster seat yes. in my chair. It was awesome. It was awesome. I laughed really freaking hard at that. That was a that was that was good. You I mean, don't I, usually have good jokes, but that, no, that was, was really that was awesome. That was two out of the Parker. So yeah, I was really impressed with you. No, that was like five star. Yeah, but now you've been living off that one for like four years now. What, what does it does it matter? Oh no, it's good. It's a great I story. have peelings, okay. <laughs> So um, don't mess with my peelings. I won't mess with your peelings. <clears throat> or I'm going to make you wear a CPAP too. <laughs> so, so. Um, all right, back to reality here. So, um, so Conebim's good, good for you. Obviously, Sarek's been good yep. for you. Anything else? SEO's been good for you. SEO's been good for us too. Yep, I think SEO's been good. And I and you know we use patient communication in my practice. You know we we were a lighthouse user for a long time. I just with you know I do a lot of stuff with Patterson. I love. Patterson's been really good to me, and um, I know that they work. I have EagleSoft. When I switched to my home, when I switched my practice and I upgraded it, I went from Dentrix to EagleSoft. Which EagleSoft's awesome, but when you switch, oh, switch man, anything, any switch is it's horrible. The worst. It's horrible. So, so I added Combeam. Like your team hates you. Yeah, I did. I added so much new stuff all at one time, and they were so mad at me. I said it's like wisdom teeth. You don't tell somebody to get out one. You get out all four, and you just heal all at one time. So that's what I did. I put every new thing in at one time, and you got healed. And we healed. We healed very nicely. And so, and the other thing we did was we implemented at that point it was Lighthouse, and then we now, like I said, I, with with EagleSoft and us getting better and better at trying to utilize more of the, the stuff with it. Um, Revenue Well now really does a nice job of integrating all of the stuff that they do, even with treatment. And, and you're the reason I, that I switched. In all honesty, that's I mean, another good thing I'm going to have done for you. Well, I don't know yet. I mean, we're just I'm early in. So, but it's it's been it's been good so far. But you, um, uh, and I said I I really liked Lighthouse. I mean, they're yeah. they're, no, they're good know, people. They really good are. They're good company, good people. But I just with the integration with what they were doing with EagleSoft for me, and the um, and how nice it was to be able to like send the stuff over from your treatment plans and all that stuff. It's really pretty amazing. So I did. So so we switched. And but even just having when I used Lighthouse all those years, man, it was. I think for for us. That was a big part of like the schedule not breaking apart all the time, and it reminded people of their appointments and you know I, by text, email, all, all that, that kind stuff. of stuff. Yeah. It's just great. It's a great, yeah. and, and I, I, I think you'll find as you get you more and more used to Revenue Well and you start using it, mm-hmm. uh, you'll find that you're going to really start uh, noticing a difference in that software. Yeah, I th- and and I you know like I said, I, it's I, not just patient communication; it's also patient marketing, and I think that's really, in my opinion, what separates Revenue Well from many of the, the products. The other products are patient communication tools. Mm-hmm. But Revenue Well is a, truly a marketing, uh, marketing Yeah, their campaigns that, that we saw were very yeah. nice. And the way that their their site is laid out is very – it's very easy to navigate. And um, they've, me, they've been really good. So I, I've um, – I said I'm just early in. So uh, I'm talking more just having a patient communication yes. system. And, um, and again, I went over there mainly because you kept annoying the crap out of me. Well, that's but, my job. But it is. But, but one thing I, I always say about you, um, you know, I – we all get to hear a lot of speakers all the time, and I've said this on other podcasts that we've done, is um, you're always – you resonate very well for me as a speaker because you rem- – I, I kind of model how I speak off of what – not all the cursing and stuff, but what? you know, I'm what? just saying. I mean, jeez, Louise. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. That was good. That was a nice one. Yeah. So, no, it was it, – the way you always lay things out in a very – you know, A to Z kind of a fashion. Do this, then do this, then do this, and then this happens. Right. And so you're very good at simplification. Well, thank you. Of, no, I appreciate that because it's a definite skill set to be able to do that. And well, that's because my brain doesn't think very fancy. And that's why I think we get along so well. And and why and why I try to lecture the same way. I always I like to to think about sort of 
being on the me being on the left side of the bell curve a lot of the time as far as comprehending stuff. I'm not these guys that like that set the standard. I'm the guy who listens to the person who sets the standard and tries to figure out how do I make that work for me. And I just need that person to sort of dumb it down so I can get it. Right. And you do a great job of not Dumbing only being sort of a standard, standard setter, but, but also being able to sit there and, and feed that to people. And I think that in the years that we've been doing all our seric beta testing and stuff, I've really worked hard to try to do the same type of thing. So I, when, when you were telling me about all the stuff that this does, it really kind of made me finally just say, all right, let's, let's give that, it a whirl. We just had to bother you enough. Yeah, yeah, it just gives me another reason to hang out with you more. Yeah, you know, you know and at the end of the day, and thank you, Rich. Thank you so much for the compliment. I think um, at the end of the day, what I try to tell people when we, when we do workshops is, listen, you go learn the science and then learn all the knowledge somewhere else, but let me teach you how to make it work in your practice. I'm, I'm an anecdotal guy. I yeah. do, this is how it works for me. Yeah, you so, know, I let I'll, I'll quote the science from other people who do it. Yeah, and so this is so I can regurgitate. I can't even quote the science because I don't even. Quite honestly, I don't understand it. Yeah, uh, but so okay. So now here we are. We're in a situation where your practice is doing obviously much better than when mm-hmm. you bought it. Yep, things are stable to a certain degree. Yep, but you still need, want and need that shot in the arm. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T Bone here to talk about the 3D dentist digital implant continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career, just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Yeah, well, so for me, the, it's not that the shot in the arm. I mean, we, the volume for me now is there. That's not my issue. My issue now is... No, no I'm, I'm talking about pre-merging. Oh, pre-merging. Yeah, so yeah. you know, before the merge, you wanted it and you needed it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did you come to that decision to take that risk? Because because the first time you bought a practice, retrospectively, it wasn't no, honestly, it wasn't a great decision. No, so now here you are faced in a, in a way the same opportunity. So obviously, you must have had jitters and must have had these scary thoughts. Oh my God, I'm going to buy another practice. This is going to happen again. Right. So you know, talk to me about that. I was so scared 
so scared in, in when this whole thing was coming to fruition in like February. And I remember because when I bought my bought my practice the first time and we were going through numbers, my father-in-law, who I love and respect m- immensely, he's an amazing man. And he's just very smart with numbers. And I was sh- we were going over the numbers and he just was like saying it doesn't it didn't really make sense to him the, the first time. And but I was I know dentistry and I'm doing all this stuff that this guy. Well, you're trying to convince yourself. Well, and, I, and the guy that I bought the practice from didn't do endo and didn't do extractions and, and didn't implants do a, and, and all it, these so I'm thinking uh, probably didn't do perio treatment either. So I'm going to kill it. Yeah. And it didn't work. I just didn't realize that there were no patients to be able to kill it. Well, you need people, Yeah, you know? So, um, it's interesting you say that by the way, because you know, that reminds me of something that I tried to get, get to my younger dentist. And honestly, even our older dentist, mm-hmm. I think we spend too much time learning clinical dentistry and not enough time learning how to get our patients into the clinical dentistry. Agreed. You know, and, and so that's the same thing. You were focused on, hey, I'll have so much dentistry to do, but you forgot to look at, are there patients that right. to do well, it on? Well, I, I, I can do, I, there, I have the ability to do so much more than the person who wasn't, who was referring all that out. And now all of a sudden I get in and I realize there's nothing, he was a really good dentist. So clinically his stuff was great. Everything was looking really good. So there wasn't, I, I'm in a high uh, IQ population as far as even dental IQ was pretty good. Uh, are you, is a high IQ only compared to you? Um, I'm talking, yeah, maybe in a physical stature. Like I'm high. talking about even a mental <laughs> well, stature. Too. You know, listen, I set the bar low, man. I set the bar low. I'm relatable. So, um, so that for me was um, a very scary moment. So I remember going to do this, and what what did it for me, in all honesty, was initially when I was go- looking to to purchase the practice potentially back in January after it happened. There was like four other people looking to buy it, and I wasn't. I said I'll look at the numbers, but I just. In looking at them, the practice was a viable practice, but I didn't want a second location. It was down the street from me a half a mile. And I'm like, I don't want to run two locations. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted the charts. So, and then I realized I'm not, I don't want to get in a bidding war. I don't want to offend this person by giving a low bid for somebody in my town. It that just, wouldn't bother me at all. I know it wouldn't, but I just, it just wasn't something I was comfy with. So I just said to, um, so when, so I said to the person who was looking, uh, who was helping to sell the practice, it was his brother. I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to step out and let these other people do it and bid. Right. And so when they came back to me about a week or two later and said, we'd really like to, you know, the, the people in the office, I did some help with the practicing emergencies and trying to help them through this. Help the wife transition. Yeah. Right? Like the, I so just, she had so I was seeing all the, I was seeing all the emergencies for free. I was doing all the crown seats that were outstanding for free just to try to help them. And I wouldn't take any patients of record. My, my thing to the family was I will not see a patient of record until you sell the practice to whoever. And then they meet the new dentist. And if they're not happy, then I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll take them because they're going to leave anyway. So then they can come to me, but I wouldn't do, I wouldn't step on any toes. So when they came back to me, I basically had a number in my head that I knew was, was a low number. What was that number? I don't want to talk about numbers. It's not, I just not, I don't want to get to that point, but, but, um, but it was a number based on, you know, when, when, when you're talking that a practice is making whatever, and most people are looking 60, 70%. 70%. So I was, I was definitively under that lower because it was a fire sale for a death. Correct. And, and I just, and I, and after going through it, I went through the first time I figure I'm just going to give a number that I, and this is, I said this directly to the person who was selling it. I said, the places, you know, it's been a six or eight weeks, seven weeks since he passed. And I, this is a number that if not one patient came in, if everybody went somewhere else in the seven weeks, because I don't know how many people are left and they didn't have practice. They had one computer in the front that had practice management software, no computers in the ops, no digital x-rays, no nothing. So it was very hard to really know how many patients they truly had. And so I said, 
I threw out a number that was under, still under 50%. And I said, this is what I'm comfortable where I can afford because my office was going to be paid off in May. So I figured I have a couple of months of double so you payments. Made another mistake. I can afford this one. Okay. You know, and then even if I get some patients, I'd probably be able to at least salvage what was going on. And not, it's, so I was like at that comfort level. And then I gave that number to my father-in-law. He said, man, if that happens, you got to do this. Because my wife was like, tell my dad. He'll tell you not to buy it. Yeah. And then I went to tell him. And he's like, you got to buy it if you get it for that. Right. And I did. And they came back four days later and accepted the offer. And so, and ever since then, it's been crazy. And like, what percentage of the patients have stay, are, are staying with you right we've now? We've only given up in four months. We've only uh, 12 patients. have. We've had to send records on 12 patients so far. That's awesome. Yeah. So huge. We're gonna have we're gonna have like an eighty-five to ninety percent patient retention. Okay, good. And this is essentially almost not quite doubled. They almost doubled my practice. Double your patient yeah. base. So now now we've got a new problem, Rich. Mm-hmm. Now our now our problem is time. Mm-hmm. Uh, integrating new team members, mm-hmm. and suddenly not over not I don't use the word overdiagnosing, but not shocking your patients mm-hmm. because typically when younger people and you're still young. Uh, by a older practice, mm-hmm. um, the older practice has slowed down. They're not diagnosing as well. They're not diagnosing modern uh-huh. diagnosis. So you don't want to be the new guy right. that comes in and tries to sell them something. So. Well, let me tell. It's interesting you bring that up because the big thing that that's really made this a transition for me that's been amazing. So I hired the front desk from the old office. I hired the hygienist, and both of them have been there. Well, the front desk has been there. Say, so did you have the option not to hire some? People? Of course. Okay. You know, but I, I called them both. It was Super Bowl Sunday. How many employees did he have? He had, well, the assistant had left. So he had one front, one hygienist, and one assistant. That okay, was it. So the, you had a choice of three people. And the, but the assistant was already gone. So I was just really two that I could have okay. hired from there. And so, and, and so I, met, I talked to them both. And I figured, you know what? These people have been going to this doctor for 34 years, a lot of them. They, the hygienist has been with them since the beginning. So I figured it would be a great way to sort of bring that transition, make it a seamless one. We sent out a letter saying that we've hired Diane and, and Andy. And so it was a very comforting thing to say we're a very family-oriented off practice and you're going you're gonna to have the same kind of experience that you would have had before except for the fact that we bring a technology aspect to it that you've probably never seen before. To give them an idea that we have cameras and, and digital x-rays. And what I didn't realize the value was going to come in was not only – the, the patients like being blown away, but the new employees were blown away by what was going and on. And they had that built-in trust. So they want to come right when, the, when their new patient comes in for the first time that they're so excited to say, oh, Andy, I'm so glad you're here. She goes, I'm going to take these. And she walks them out to the, the comb beam and she's like, wait, do you see this? And she's so excited to tell the new patient about the comb beam. The, well, then existing patient to her. They're existing. New to my new practice. patient, yeah. my new patient. But her old one that she has this long 30 some odd year relationship with. And then she's like, wait till he takes pictures. You're going to see all your teeth. And so we start going through, and I do a full photos on everybody and all Can that kind of stuff. Can you believe practices don't take photographs? No, I can't. You know, that's what started my career. Right. Uh, as a I speaker remember. and educator, yeah. it was yep. all just the photography. Photography, I remember it yeah, very well. I was well. a 24-year-old punk, for God's sake, mm-hmm. right? Yep, absolutely. And that and your over-the-shoulder stuff back yeah. in the day. I remember those. So, um, so, that was, so for me, when you talk about having to sell dentistry, I don't. I just take photographs, and I, and I show the patients this is what's going on, and they're like, I, can't, I didn't know that was there. And then they start to own. They're like, this is amazing. I didn't realize. And so I, I started working. One of the problems I was having, it was just so much chaos going on. And I didn't know how to run a business that I finally went my, my big props to my Patterson rep. And this is what I tell people all the time. And people want to say, well, I, I use 
Net32 or eBay or whatever for my supplies, China, wherever they're buying stuff from. And I say... Why did you say India? Whatever. India, Alibaba. I mean, you know... Alibaba's Chinese, but that's okay. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Sounded like something that... Sounded like Persian, maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So we... I said to... um, to uh, my, my rep at the beginning of the year did something very pretty. He, he said, he's a very driven guy. His name's Nick. And Nick said, I, make, I have two goals, a personal goal, whatever his personal goals were, and a business goal. And my business goal is I want to work with the 50 most productive dentists in Chicago. Now, he can't just go and pick the 50 most, but he's like, so what am I going to do to make my crop of doctors in that 50, top 50? So he started looking up practice management and how to do it, and he brought in Bruce Baird. PDA, Productive Dentist Academy, and to um, Chicago a couple of in, in last last month in July. And he back in March, he told me, I'm going to bring him in. Are you interested? And I've been looking at going that for a while. Couldn't afford it. Yeah, from, you know, Bruce was in Raleigh, and I couldn't make it. I was out doing a lecture. Bruce is a great guy. He's, yeah. I really enjoy Bruce. He's, he's just down to earth, good dude, and um, and I like his systems. I mean, I really, he's a, he's, I like what he's done with PDA. So I told my team, we got to do something to sort of get the scheduling, the meetings, all this stuff in order. So I brought my whole team with me, and we went to see him on a two-day class, and Nick brought them in. And, um, so this was a private, private, PDA. private thing. Yeah, PDA came up to Chicago just for just for Nick's, Nick's customers. Nick's customers, and we had to pay to do it. Sure, but you know, but it was great. I mean, so I brought my but whole. I was the you only person. Tra- you don't have to travel. Save me a ton of money, more than half. And I brought my entire. T- I was the only one who brought my whole team with me because I. See, that's the first problem. You can't win without bringing your team. You have you to bring your team. Alone. Can't do it alone. You can't go back and be all excited about something, and all they want to do is shut you up and go back to what they're comfortable doing. So you have to be able to have them buy in. And what I did was when we, after we went for two days, I said, I'm not asking you to believe everything that they're saying, but if you believe the core, we're going to come back. We had our office meeting on Tuesday. We have a monthly meeting for two and a half hours every Tuesday. We block out our schedule just to go over numbers and stuff like that. And I said, everybody give me a five minute, two minute synopsis on what you thought about the meeting. And I went around and everybody told me what they liked and what they didn't like. And I said, if I decide to go with this coaching, are you in? I said, and it was like, I said, pretend you're all sitting in the exit row. I need a verbal yes or no. And I made everybody own wanting to go to this. And so they all said they would do it. And so I said, all right, you said you're in. And I also told them, I said, I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to do this, but also realize that if you decide you're not going to buy in after the fact and we're going forward and you're going to be the laggard, I said, there's job security here too. And, but I said it out loud in front of the whole group, and everybody, they've been great with it. They've really been great with it. So, um, so I think everybody's looking forward to, to doing that. And I just, I'm just deciding that this year, now that I'm doing this, it's time to invest back in me and start getting a coach. And I, I hired somebody to help me with billing a little bit and do stuff like that. So it's, it's going to be a good year. I mean, I'm really looking forward to sort of changing up what we were doing before to what we're doing now. That's you awesome. Know? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Good. So what are some of your struggles that you're dealing with right now? We're dealing with space problems. Um, I'm, here's a problem. I, I built when I redid my office three and a half years ago. I put in an, a new operatory in a small op that we had built. And I... That was op number four. Op number four. So I redid op number four. And I always had rear delivery in my old practice in the city. So I said, I want rear delivery back. Not realizing that in a small op, you can't put rear delivery in. And it ruined, so nobody likes doing work in there. So now I really have like a three-op practice and we do impressions and really quick fillings and stuff like there. I won't do a Seric in there because the person can't get past the chair on either side and they're screwed. They're locked in. It's just so, so I'm actually ripping out my op that I built three years ago and building a new op so I can make it functional. Okay. You know, 
I figured instead of having to go out and build a brand new practice, I'll just spend some money on respend some money on a set, on the, doing it the right way, and and making enough money so in a few years when I have to when I really need the space, I'll go ahead and that so, thing I'll have paid for itself pretty quick. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Uh, has your existing team gotten along with the acquired team members? Bit amazing. Okay. Amazing. So the two that they're great, they I think they really the two ones from the other office really enjoy sort of the camaraderie. We have a very they're like, probably excited to have some fresh. They do. We like to bust balls a lot, yeah. you know. And I'm I can be a little intense, but we but I can also I really you like to have be fun. A little person intense. A little person intense. We, I use we just call it intense in the little world, you know. <laughs> okay. And so. Um, but also, I really like to have, you know, I mean, I like to bust chops. No, we like to have fun. We do. So, so I try to bring that into a lot of what we do. So I think that, they, you know, just having the two of them, it was, you know, there wasn't as much interaction. So my front desk is the Yolanda. She's so much fun. And so Diane and Yolanda have a great time. And, you know, it's been really good. And then I hired a very young assistant, fresh out of assisting school. Never worked in a practice in her life. And I interviewed like four or five people. The second I met this one, I knew that she was going to be great. She just was a go-getter, has been working in a, her family's business since she's 13. Um, you could just tell she was super motivated. And within three months, I got her designing my Cerex already. Wow. You know, we, oh, she's been great. You know, I mean, I still like check stuff real quick, but now I go and do hygiene checks and she does all my design while I'm doing, you know, while I'm doing all the other stuff in the office. And she does all my, she did my staining glaze within a week. She was doing all the staining glaze in the practice. That's awesome. Yeah. So kind of bring them in. And now like with this revenue well, you know, we just started it on Monday or whatever it was. And... I don't have time to look at the computer and do all that. She's going through the first day we put in Revenue Well, we had all these outstanding emails that were never collected. And they sent out text messages to everybody. We need your email. We have, and so people were calling. What's going on? Is this, vi- is this a virus? And so we're like, no, we just started this new program. And Michelle had all of these emails. She, within the day, 200 and some emails, put them all into EagleSoft. She just is not afraid of the computer. So she's been wonderful. And so, um, so that's been, that's been, and I, and I actually didn't hire her. My, my other assistant who's been with me since I'm there, she's been there 20 something years. I had to make sure she wasn't going to feel 
threatened. Right. So I said, you have to be here when I interview everybody and I need you to pick out the person you're going to feel that you're going to be, we're going to be able to grow together with and you're not going to feel like, oh my God. So she's like, that's the one I want. And oh, good. So, yeah, it worked out good. Good, good, worked good. Worked out good. All right. So, so let me ask you some tough questions, Rich. Talk to me. So where are you at with medical billing? I use Hutan's company, yeah. but I don't do very much medical billing, especially now with my office being in chaos and trying to control it. I, for me personally, and we had this conversation actually at dinner tonight, and I had it with Hutan also. My biggest thing is that if you're an organized office and have good systems, you can build, I mean, it would, you'll kill it. I didn't, and I didn't have, I needed for me to be able to, there was a, there's a lag time in waiting for some of the stuff to come through. Yes. And it just, I, I didn't personally get all of the nuances of how to make it happen. So when, um, when, so I talked to Hutant and I said, really, just like you were talking about breaking down a lecture and yeah. how you break it down into the simplicity of it, it's a very, you know, medical billing, just trying to do it on your own is crazy. So when you have somebody like Hutan and his crew that really know how to, like what you can bill for and there's just such an amazing uh, amount of knowledge for you and take a lot of the, all of the onus of the billing side away from you, it's more of the, okay, so now that I do that, number one, you have to talk to patients differently about it because you're like, they see, like when you, when you bill for an appliance, what do you, what do you, you know what your billing number is for, for, for a sleep appliance, what you're sending to medical? Dollar amount? Yeah. Yeah, we send in 4,000. Our loud is uh, 2,600 something. Okay. So, but, but if they didn't have medical, are you still billing the patient four grand? I mean. No, no. Our loud, uh, our cash price is $2,500. So, so when you're trying to kind of, so it's trying to get a good kind of way to explain that to patients so they, so they understand it and then trying to figure out a way from an accounting perspective to make all that simple. And that for me has been the hardest part, you know, and I think that when we get through all those kind of things, it, you know, it's, it's, it's an absolute gold mine. Like for somebody like you, who you are, but I'm not organized at all, but you're way more organized than the average, you know, grizzly bear, like you look like. So there's you, when we sit, I've taken many, many courses from you and you, you may say you're unorganized, but when you, you talk about the way that you do, uh, your financing, yeah. you know, where you just create these, you, you know, like there's that comprehensive finance, finance right. like Bruce does. Yeah. So you kind of do your own comprehensive yeah. finance, you know, but you just do it in house. Yeah. So we do payment plans versus financing. Correct. Payment plans, but you know what I mean? But, but you're taking all the risk in doing it, yes. you know, and, and you teach us how to do it and why it's worth it and all that kind of stuff. Most people are never organized to do something along those lines. That's why you work. Yeah, but, but, see the, but to me, Rich, that's an excuse because, because at the end of the day, we're after time or money or whatever it mm-hmm. is. So, so sometimes we have to create, you know, sometimes we have to take a step back mm-hmm. from our practice. You know, we've got to take a time out, a sure. half day off, whatever it may be, and dedicate it to this one system. What do we got to do to make this work? I 100% agree with you. I mean, that's why like this year for the first time, I decided at the beginning of the year before I even bought this practice, we blocked out the, the second Tuesday of every month for two and a half hours to be able to sit and talk uninterrupted as a whole group because it was the only day that the whole office could be there because right. I have part-time hygienists right. every day of the week. So that, that Tuesday block was the one time everybody could be there. So I said, block it out for the rest of the year. And I know it's production out of my office, but it but it's totally worth it. It's amazingly worth it. And so so I, I 
I only have enough energy to do little spurts like that and kind of command that and then move on to the next thing. I can't do, if I try to do 10 of those things, like throwing medical billing and throwing um, like block scheduling and all this other stuff I want to incorporate in my practice, I'd never do any of it. I, so, and that's why. So I know it's an excuse. I'm giving you my excuse yeah. why so, it hasn't no, happened. So I think, I think one of the challenges that, that you and everybody has with medical billing is, is, and I had it, so I'm saying these mm-hmm. things from my own experience, is that you're complicating the, what's not necessary to complicate. You know? And I think really what you should focus on is billing for your exams, especially the exams that you give away. Mm-hmm. That, those are your hygiene patients you see for the third time a year the ones you don't charge them for, mm-hmm. or your post-op follow-ups, or your bite adjustments, these kind of office visits mm-hmm. that you're doing for free. Uh, you're doing your CT, your cone beam, you're essentially doing that for free. Mm-hmm. So to me, those are the things that you bill for. So you're right, it does take longer to get paid on certain things. And if you can't, if we don't, if we don't have that ability to extend out AR in the beginning, don't bill for those things. Bill for those things that you're giving away so it's truly found money. That was the scariest face I've seen in a long time. Well, I just, I had to, a yawn, you know. Was that, that was not a yawn. Your mouth didn't open. Yeah, but I, I yawned through my nose. <laughs> wow, man. That was unbelievable. I yawned through my nose. I fart through my butt. <laughs> I'm just telling you. The fact. Don't worry. I've seen it all night long. So, uh, so it, that's the other thing, too, is the other big stumbling block for for us and what I, when people talk to me yeah. who've, who've, who've attempted it and not been successful, like somebody like you or Armin, who's really killing, or even some of the, our local friends, my local friends here in Chicago, who've been really doing well with it. My old office that I worked at in, in the city was, um, it's that the freaking deductible and yeah. you, you get that massive deductible. So what do I do? Do I not bill it now? Do I hold this thing off no, until the I end? don't think you should do you that. Know? I don't think you should so do that. So you know that. what I'm saying? So it's all of that stuff and then trying to bill it and then it goes to the deductible. So it's just that. So good. Fun- then you go to dental. Again, so it's just. But you're making. I'm just saying, you, you, and everybody else, me included, you're making a problem that doesn't exist. So because listen, somebody's going to your patient. Somebody's going to get that deductible money, right? Whether you whether you charge them for it and they eat the deductible, mm-hmm. or whether their physician charges them and they eat the deductible, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, some someone's going to do that. So. Um, Anyway. No, so I'm with you on all that. So I promise me this. Me. By the end of the year, you will be bill- billing medical insurance. I will say, by, I, I'm not going to say by the end of the year. Why here's, not? Here's, yeah, Hutan offered to fly out to help me out, by the way. So and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm very special, or do you just do that for all your peeps? So they, what, what I will say is this. I, that is on my list of important things to do. It's definitely not on my list of the most important thing to do because I need to control my everyday systems in my practice first and just signing on with this company to help me out. I have a six. So I will say by, by, by January 1, that will be in let my... Me you, let me ask you this working backwards. What if I say no? It's okay. I'm just asking you to work backwards. What, what else would fix your practice? I mean, your, your chaos. Would another team member fix your chaos? I don't know. I don't Poss- know. Possibly, right? Well, I'm hoping that hiring the consultant is kind of like adding a team member. But it's not. Kind of is, but it's not. But I, no. but I understand what you're saying. But listen, I have two assistants. And, you know, so and one of them is really kind of doing a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of... Um, the reason I say this, Rich, is, is the, 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 the saying is that winning fixes everything, right? True. Okay. And in dentistry, uh, winning is production and collections, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, so to me... Yeah, who cares about production? But collections, right? Um, so when you collect more, mm-hmm. 
it kind of makes things better, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's certain things that we're willing to put up with for the right finances. There's certain things that the right financing allow us to buy. There's certain privileges, that, like having a personal assistant for me. Right. You know, I've, I, I've earned that at this stage of my mm -hmm. life, right? Not, not because I've earned it because of the time. I've earned it from a financial end, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that if you dedicated a little bit of time and effort to implementing medical billing, what you would find is it would buy you another team member. And I'm not, listen, again, this isn't something me saying I'm not going to do no, medical no, I billing. Get it. You know, for me. But I'm challenging you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting your challenge, just not by the date that you laid out. Why not? Because I'm right. You can say you're right. But, but I I'm, am right. I, that's a, I, I, I learned so here's before. A, here's a, and, and, but here's why, Rich. Because you, okay, so look, you don't have to do it, okay? And Thanks the people for giving me that out. I appreciate that. The people that. listening don't have to. But I want to justify what I'm saying, okay? In that you're going to miss the three best months of medical billing. Right. No, I get that. Okay. October, November, December are the best months. Right. Okay. So if you don't put the implementation into place now, mm -hmm. you're going to miss those months. Right. And then you're going to start doing medical billing in January, February, March. And those are the worst months right. for medical billing. I agree. No, that's a great point. You know, so I, I always look at this, you know, set us up for success. Set your team members up for success, mm -hmm. right? Right. So because if you start doing this and they have to do a little bit more work and they're not seeing the rewards for it because of the deductibles, because of copays, because of all those things, right. then they're not as excited about it. Mm -hmm. And so um, they're just, just food for thought. No, I like here. it. No, it's a great point. Really good point. I love it. You know. So my next challenge, mm -hmm. uh, where are we at with sleep? That's I know you're tired right now, but where are we at with I sleep? I am tired right now. And, and, with, and I love the fact that your T-bone sleeps. That, you know, that's, yeah, and I'm so, wide awake. I know, it's shocking. Yeah, no, I don't do... And that's with my practice uh, coming in. Every year I try to kind of reinvigorate a part of my practice. One, more, one new procedure. You know, every year. Yeah. So um, this year wasn't necessarily a procedure to no, me. No, but this year you, this, you have an this, influx of This year beings. for me is controlling, just creating systems. So next year, but sleep is by far where my, you know, my next 12 months is for my practice. So have you been doing any sleep? I, I don't do a lot of sleep right now. But you've been but... trained on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So where, where's the struggle there? I just, I'm asking because so, many, because so many people have taken sleep education mm -hmm. and then I ask them how they're doing with it. And they're like, yeah, I do it. And I, as soon as they say that... But we don't do it. I know where... They're no. like one every month yeah, or yeah, every other month. Right. No, exactly. So why not? You know, I don't, I think what ends up happening is just like everything else that we do, if, especially now, like, I, I know for me, with my, my career the last nine years, since I bought my practice, has been, you know, trying to get a practice to grow. Right. And it was kind of half of my energy was focused there. You're just and trying to survive sometimes. I was. And also... I was building this lecturing career right. that was kind of going off in a, like, talk about things going off exponentially. That really went exponential for me. But you put attention to it. Agreed. So I know the things that you put attention Agreed. to will do and, well. and that's And so, so now what I'm trying to do is I'm lecturing less now. The, the, my, my big thing is now I have actually gotten away from doing some lectures, not only for this year, but I've set a limit on myself for the remainder of this year and then all through next year of how many I'm willing to take. So instead of doing three lectures, sometimes four a month, I'll do one and maybe one local one. So now what it does is it finally gives me the time because it is 
in trying to in trying to you you know like you said you got to spend some time to do it. Well, I'm at my office 11 hours on Monday. I'm at my office eight to five, so I get to my office at seven in the morning to deal with some of the paperwork I didn't get the day before. So seven to five thirty on Tuesday, seven to five thirty on Wednesday, seven to two on Thursday, and then I run to the airport and I fly somewhere to lecture Thursday, Friday. I mean Friday, Saturday to try to get home Saturday night, but sometimes Sunday. It's tough. I got kids. I got a wife. I want to see them. I want to talk to them. When, when you got to sit there and say, well, you, you got to make time to do this. You, I mean, you use this term to me so much over the last nine years. What all it's gone is you got to find a balance. Yeah. And right. so in wanting to find a balance, I know I want to do sleep. I know. But with everything else going on, it's trying to sit there and trying to figure out when that balance is for me. You know, so now I'm trying for the first time to sit there and say, all right, it's time to step back a little Look bit from, from the lecturing side of stuff. I'm still going to lecture, just not the way I was. And really, I want to focus on like watching this practice grow the way it's growing. I want to control it in a way that now I get to just do the stuff I want to do with it and then hopefully grow it into maybe expanding the practice, getting an associate, doing all those kind of things. You know, one year, three year, five year kind of goals with that. Good for you. So, have you written those down? Um, I do have them written down, as a matter good. of fact, because that was part of the coaching thing that I okay, had to do. good. So, the first step to achieving any goal is to write it down. Right. It's interesting. You know what I did in my office? I painted everything a whiteboard. My whole office is the Hutan, you remember? My whole office is a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not white, but it's a whiteboard lacquer that you right. put. So I can write on anything and erase, and mm-hmm. some of you will come in, and, well, you're laughing at me. I'm not laughing at I you. I mean, I'm just saying. I just put everything as a whiteboard. I can write on there and erase it, and it's awesome. I like it. I go in there, and I look like the beautiful mind guy. <laughs> You do not look like the beautiful mind guy. Wasn't a beautiful mind guy like Russell Crowe or something? Yeah, like it was that? Russell Crowe. You do not look like Russell Crowe. Just yeah, so I'm you know. much better looking than Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe. I'm the brown. I'm Russell. I'm Russell Peters. Okay, what are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> so, all right. What, you got any questions for me, Rich? Let me see. My questions for you are: I want. Here's what I want you to do because I love the way you do stuff, and we're talking about challenges. My challenge to you is I know how important things like medical are to you, you know, like to getting people yeah, to do it. Because I think you see it as a way to create easy revenue for dentists, you know, in a way that people aren't doing it. But again, I, I want... Lo- I look at medical... I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay? I, I want to clarify how I look at medical insurance, okay? At the end of the day, look, I'm comfortable producing what I'm producing uh, to me personally, okay? it's just an adjunct. Okay, no, but it, see how I, I don't look at it that way. I'm not, I'm not really trying to increase my revenue, my personal revenue. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to do is increase where my revenue comes from. Okay. So every thousand I collect from medical, for example, that's six fillings I don't have to do. Right. I get okay, it. Okay. So, so on, on in our practice, we're averaging say probably fifteen thousand dollars a month in medical insurance. So that to me is, you know, what what is that? That's a that's a hundred fillings or so I don't have to do. Right, so that's how I look at everything. So, so my so my question to you is, how are you going to, as an educator in something that you're very passionate about? Obviously, we spend a lot right. of time talking about medical. Is so for me, the, the the left side of the bell curve, the dumbass that sits in the back and like is doing Pokemon I Go, call you dumbass, you know, but that's okay. But that's okay. So I'm doing Pokemon Go and I'm watching, I'm eating, you know, I'm shooting things out of your armpit. Uh, <laughs> that you know, there's a little Pikachu in your armpit. I come up with come up with a way, and Hutan sitting here in the corner, I'm challenge him too. I've got a way. To, to, huh? Go ahead. To, to do, to, to not only just to say this is great, but come up with a flow chart for me on how to, like, so I can hand it to my front and be like, this is how you do it. Just and, come down to Raleigh. I mean, you I, know you I, can I, come. But I, I, I get but, that, but I'm but not I've talking about it. for me. I'm talking about the masses. But I've got it. Okay. I've got it. I will we, be at Raleigh. I told you. We've got it. We've got it. It's a routing slip. 
that when you're in the operatory, you check off what you did on the patient, what your diagnosis codes were, mm -hmm. you give it to your team members, and your admin team takes it from there. Good. And, I, and, I, and ultimately, and you don't have to come to Raleigh to get that, okay? No, I know, but, but I know what you're but saying. I'm saying because ultimately, and the, and the other part of that is, is I, I, I urge, urge, urge people to stop being fancy with medical billing. And too often we're too fancy with it. And at the end of the day, to me, it's about the exams, the x-rays, the appliances, and the basic oral surgery that you're doing, okay? The basic stuff, not these fancy cases, not this fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. It's about the everyday stuff, the stuff that you're giving away for free, the stuff that you're not doing, the things that you can utilize medical to get your patients to say yes to it, things like sleep. You know, my average patient pays between zero and $500 out of pocket for an appliance. And that those those appliances bring twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars each to the practice. Right. Okay. So we we we're, we have a systemized way of utilizing medical insurance to help our patients uh, to get sleep appliances, just like we have a systemized way of helping our patients get exams covered, or a systemized way to help uh, CBCT get covered. You know, in our you doing your notes or your team members doing your notes for you? We have uh, templated notes. Uh, that I, I will do on complicated cases, and we have templated notes that the team does uh, based on my route slip because mm -hmm. I check off the diagnosis codes I want them to use that they do. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, so th that all exists. What else you got for me? I want to know who taught your son his mad uh, Jedi skills. Uh, that would be all me uh, because I have mad uh, exercise skills. Uh, you do. I've seen you exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, what was the, the, the townie meeting? Didn't you walk into... Uh, the uh, thing for like one minute. How long was no, it? No, the, yeah, that was uh, with Don Bell and the uh, the insanity, the insanity. I was like, I showed up in dress shoes. Number one, okay. That's right. I, <laughs> I got there for like three minutes. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, why did I get up for this? But I made a promise that I'd be there. So I got there. I didn't make a promise that I'd stay. No, but in all seriousness, you know, I took my son. Uh, he, my Ubby's now six, so he would have been five at the time. To see uh, Star Wars, what is it, Episode Seven? Huh? I took him to see it, and he had n never heard or seen it. He was mesmerized, mesmerized by it. So we got home, and I happened to have already had the uh, the fourth uh, originals, on. all the six uh -huh. episodes on iTunes, right? So and so he watches them. He can repeat the words to them. And so then we bought, you know, then he wanted a lightsaber. Seriously, he needs a YouTube channel. It is when he you has post a YouTube channel. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, Marvel Ubby. But um, when you, when I honestly, when you post videos of him just in your den, air, but he's it, doing this in the air. air. It's the great. I, I could watch it all day. It's I could funny. watch it all day. It's hysterical. And then he, his dream came true when we went on the Disney cruise, the Disney uh, right. Star Wars cruise, and he got to fight Darth Vader. <laughs> I mean, he thought he was in heaven. I mean, it was awesome. And then he was, you know, when when he saw like that Star Wars day, like one day was Star Wars, and uh, he saw Chewbacca, and he saw the you know the stormtroopers, awesome. and you know I think he was trying to fight these people and stuff. You know, it was, it was awesome. Uh, here's a question: As we're talking about these great vacations, you said something to me at dinner today, and I know you've talked to me about this, and we were talking about balance and all that stuff. And one thing you say that I really love, and I don't know how to do it yet, but I know what you're gonna, I know how what you're gonna tell me to do, but is I asked you about um, vacate, taking vacations. Yeah. And what did you say to me today when... when we... I said, number one, we pre-plan them. Uh, well, number one, I said we take a week off a month. Right. Uh, and, and I pre-plan them. So, yeah, I mean, and that's, that to me was fantastic. Okay, I mean, but so, so again, I come back to... See, this is, this, is why, this is why I'm so passionate about 
what I call auxiliary income. Correct. Okay. Secondary provider. Medical insurance to me is a secondary provider. Mm-hmm. It is something somebody else does for me, right? right. Some team member. Or you can have Hutan do it, okay? Correct. Sleep apnea is, again, another thing that my assistant does, okay? Invisalign, it's another thing that an auxiliary does in my practice. You know, certainly I do the diagnosis, I'll come in and check, right? But it's not like an MOD. For right. me to do an MOD, I got to do the stupid thing, right? right? Yep. I got to prep it, I got to do all, I got to fill it. I mean, I got to do all of it in mm-hmm. North Carolina at least, right? So to me, that's why I'm so passionate about these secondary procedures. Number one, they don't take up my time. Number two, they can be done without me, right? They don't take up my time and can be done without me, and they pay better. Right. You know, fillings pay 150 bucks a pop. Yep. Sleep appliances pay $3,000 a pop, right? You know, Invisalign pays four, five, six, whatever the number is per, per time you do it. Right. So to me, I get frustrated with dentists who spend more time on how am I going to do fillings, how am I going to have systems to do, how am I needing systems to treat my 800 patients, or whatever the number is, my influx of patients. And to me, it should be, okay, what do I got to do so I don't need to see these 800 patients, right? And so to me, that's why I'm so passionate about medical billing right now. I'm so passionate about sleep So right now. I'm passionate about implants. We didn't even talk about implants very much. You know, there's so many things I'm passionate about there because it allows me to say, you know what, Rich, I think the next step for you, quite honestly, and, and I briefly mentioned this today at dinner, was that you, you, you're going to need to bring a, an associate partner into your uh, yeah, practice, I'm, I'm, whether that's part-time or whatever that is. Because quite honestly, to me, it's unfair that you are a practicing dentist of 18 years, 20 years now, okay? And you get paid the same as a first-year associate for fillings because you're on insurance plans. Right. So why in the hell are you doing fillings? Right. You know, why in the world are you doing those things? You should be beyond that. Now, you can pick and choose certain patients you want to do them on and all of that. But you should, you should be, Rich, I know you. You should be beyond that. You should, honestly, we should all be beyond single-unit crowns. Why in the world are we doing single-posterior crowns? There's no reason for us to be doing those, quite frankly, okay? And, and we need to be focusing our attention. We need to create some level of open time so that we can fill it with more productive procedures. Correct. And, and to me, productive isn't more patients more efficiently. Uh, to me, I define productive as better procedures on less patients. Yeah, great way to, great way to phrase it. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, Rich. We're out of time. See, it's been a great, however freaking long it's been. Yeah, I thank God we're in room 1406. And I, thank God. And now we can drink some. So, so are you going to stay on the elevator? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the stairs now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, real quick. My last words here um, is, is I, I love Rich. Always love talking to you. Rich, how can people get in touch with you? You can, uh, you can always just email me. It's my name, richrosenblatt at gmail.com. And uh, you can come and visit me at Lake Forest. I work with the guys down in Spear at SarahDoctors.com. So if you're a Sarah user, get on the website and say hi. And you know, those are generally the main places to find me. That's awesome. And um, so, you know, I want to say, listen, I, thank you for allowing me to ask tough questions. And thank you for asking some semi-tough questions. I was hoping you could really ask me some tough questions. And there's so much we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about Townie. We didn't talk about how we met. We didn't talk about your speaking. We didn't talk about... You know, all the other, your family, your kids, you know, we didn't talk about your Hawaii vacations. We didn't talk about SEREC and basic training. There's so many things we didn't cover. Uh, But what I really wanted today, Rich, and I got it, uh, was I I wanted to really bring an everyday dentist in that's had some struggles, that's having success, that's having, you know, growing pains. And I wanted to get an honest assessment of it. And, and, And I think people will really resonate with your message and they'll be able to hear this and say, that's me, I feel that way. And 
And um, so that, that's what I really, selfishly, that's what I wanted. No, I appreciate it. It's always, you know, I've always been very honest. You know me. Yeah. I, there's never, I'm kind of like you. I just say it like it is. I don't try to pretend. You're I not know. like me. I, I just say inappropriate things. Well, that too. Well, I'm, I, well when am I not inappropriate too? But, um, and I, so I always say, I get up and I do all this lecturing that I do because I'm, I'm good at trying breaking stuff down and teaching people how to do it it's just something that i i'm I, when you talk about passion i'm passionate about but you know i've always been honest the whole time about the struggles of i'm not a business person i just it's not something that i enjoy doing it's just not it's one of those things where i i love the social aspect of it i love talking with my patients i hate running the business it's tough it's, isn't it? it's horrible and so um so i don't have a problem letting people know that you know, luckily I love what I do. So it was, it, you know, staying with it and knowing that eventually it would write, the ship would write. You know, I didn't expect something like this happening that happened to me um, and happened to, unfortunately, to the gentleman whose practice I bought. But, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to just kind of stay the course and make it happen. This way was one that worked for me personally. But uh, I'm, I'll always be honest about that kind of stuff. And I'm thrilled to be able to share. You know, honestly, the speaking circuit needs more people like us, to be quite honest with you. There's too many old farts out there. There's too many people not telling you the truth. There's too many people that aren't living it every day, that aren't in practice. Uh, and, and honestly, it drives me crazy. It's one of the, you know, quite, on, quite frankly, I could quit practice tomorrow and, and probably be more successful teaching and lecturing and doing all of those things because I could spend more time on it. But I would feel like a hypocrite, to be quite honest with you, uh, to do that and not actually be practicing dentistry. And, and quite honestly, I love, I, love doing, I love the challenges of it. So... Rich, till next time, thank you very much. And everybody, thank you for listening. And I hope you share this with a friend and uh, join uh, our uh, Facebook community at T-Bone Speaks on Facebook. So uh, have a great day. Thanks, T. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.